When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to another edition of your favorite podcast, Insane in the Membrane. Hello again, everyone. Another week, still locked down. Pardon me, I've just drunk some kombucha that uh, Jade Adams has been fermenting for the last couple of weeks. It's very nice. God, it's active. Good for the gut. It is active, yes, Jade. I can feel it working. I'm burping into the microphone, trying to do the introduction here. Uh, apologies to everyone listening as the kombucha kicks in. Uh, we are we're doing all right. I hope you're doing all right. We are we are we we haven't killed each other yet. Um, I hope you're, we're bound to have ups and downs, aren't we? You know, good days, bad days, as we come to terms with what's going on. But, you know, as long as we keep talking to each other and, and being there for each other, we'll, we'll get through this. And then, and then very soon we'll be allowed back out and we can hug and kiss and, and touch each other again. I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, this week I was joined by the wonderful Tom Allen, uh, and he was he was talking about how he's been dealing with uh, with being with the lockdown and um, and having a new mattress delivered. We talk about that. Uh, there might be some glitches as well. As again, like I said to you before, we're doing this uh, over the internet. So uh, uh, so producer Paul is bringing his his fantastic skills to the to the fore, and he's connecting us up via via Ethernet cables and and this and that and the other. So now and again, you might hear some odd sounds, or it might the quality might not be what you're used to. But we are doing our best in these unprecedented times. So without further ado, please welcome. Tom Allen. I mean, of all the things I thought would be affected, not the John Lewis delivery routes. I mean, one thing. <laughs> Surely, give us that. Uh, what sort of matches have you got, Tom? Um, well, actually, what well, we can talk about this on. I don't yeah. know if this, if you want to talk about it in a moment. Um, I'm rolling. It sounds really good. Is your fish tank off, Rich? Yes. Brilliant. Is that a euphemism? <laughs> Let me just uh, switch off my my fish tank. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it's off. We're ready oh, to go. God for that. I know. Well, what with John Lewis and now the fish tank? I mean, yeah. Let's just scrap it, Tom. Let's just forget the whole. Let's call the whole yeah. thing off. Um, <laughs> the um, mattress I've gone for is um, when I went into the shop, and it was quite. The lady there was quite um, forthright in her opinions oh, okay. um, about what sort of bed I should have, including her thrusting her arm under the small of my back to see if it was supported. And at one point, lifting my pelvis. <laughs> what? I mean, I hope she worked there. And um, <laughs> and and, um, and uh, it was too. Um, it the one I thought I wanted was too hard. She said, "For your weight, which is in the in the region of twelve to thirteen stone," yeah. she said. Um, she said, "You're um, you're 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 not gonna you're not gonna experience the kind of 
the sort of the, all the springs underneath, all the pocket springs. So she said, yeah. better off going with a soft one that you can actually feel. Oh, okay. Um, so I was like, oh, okay. So I, so I should have gone back to, to try it again. Then the worldwide pandemic came in and... And now you're stuck. And then I thought, you know what, I'm just going to take a chance. And I, I'm quite excited <laughs> about my first night's sleep on it tonight. The, you'll sleep like a baby, I imagine. You'll be hugged. I hope so. I hope so. The the, I mean, I'm not bad at um, sleeping normally, but uh, sometimes I do have quite strange dreams. I don't mind telling you, Rich. No, uh, we all have. I've had some strange dreams the last couple of weeks. Oh, I've really? Been, oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Colleagues. Colleagues I've not worked with for a while, like in comedy. Oh, come back. Hang, yeah, hanging around with them. Been odd. Oh, Rich. <laughs> Spectres of your past. That's what it was, yeah. I used to work in a, I used to work for a bedroom delivery firm. Oh, yeah. And this lady that you've had now, she sounds excellent, like really getting involved. Like, I don't know about touching your pelvis, but... Listen. Um, but they used, to, they used to have posters up on the wall telling you how much sweat that you that you pump into your mattress of a, of a night and things oh, like that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. gross. Liters. Oh, that's gross. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, well, good. I'm glad I've replaced it. Because it did feel like a bit of an indulgence. But then a friend of mine said she had, uh, she'd inherited some money. Okay. And she said um, she wanted to, you know, like, not, not like, not, I don't think she, I got the impression it wasn't millions, but she said, um, I'm going to I'm going to spend this money on something worthwhile. I know I'll get a mattress, and she said it's been a great investment. Oh, absolutely, you, so important. Well, I was always told good get a good bed and good shoes because if you're not in one, you're in the other. <laughs> that is excellent. That mm. is excellent. What a mm. wonderful motto for life. Yes, a great a great bon mot. Have you um, have you put many pairs of shoes on in the last couple of weeks though? Um, that's the thing, they're getting dusty. So I was, one of my tasks today, tidy up my room to make it ready for the new mattress um, and, um, and polish my shoes. I love polishing my shoes. It calms me down. I, do you know what I've got? We've got all the polished stuff as well. And it, yeah, there is something about having them all lined up and just doing, just, just, I like that. And I like, um, I like to wash up. Do you now? Yeah. Do you, yeah, that's really, nice. Really, yeah, really, a really big pot that you've used to do a. Oh yeah. Yeah, really get really get in there, real you know. Oh, good idea, yeah. Rich. Do you what? <laughs> do you soak it? Do you soak it in something? Soak it first, yeah, and then then really get into it. I really oh. enjoy that when it when it comes off clean and yeah, this is something that I really yeah. enjoy that. I, I just. Do not very exciting. A, no, I think that, well, in these times, that's, that's pretty much a Jason Statham movie. And, um, the, uh, <laughs> I think, um, isn't bicarbonate of soda one of those things people like to use on stuff? Or, um, I think so. Yeah, that sounds about right. My mum will often, well, no, will sometimes, not often, will sometimes use um, washing up powder on a very stubborn uh, 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 thing. Uh, if, it needs, if it needs a lot of soaking. And then... yes. And then you can put it in with a washing up powder the water, with some water and then put it back on the hob, bring it to the boil and then clean it. Oh, oh it comes up magic. But I don't oh, know if that is... Great idea. But I don't know if that's toxic. Oh, I don't it, must, it might not be good for you. If you're cooking washing up powder, basically. I mean, that, but you do that in the washing machine. I don't know. Oh, yeah, okay. but it's even tucked away, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you're right there, Rich. You're right. You're right. It could be. It could be. So, Tom, didn't we grow up in the same place? We grew up in the same area, Bromley. Oh, yeah, I forget you're from Bromley because now you've defected to the other side. Yes, I have. My dad's other, not pleased. The other side of the tunnel. The dark blue this tunnel. is it. Yeah, I'm um, living in Essex now. He's not. Dad's not pleased. Where, Whereabouts in Bromley were you, Rich? Well, we grew up in Alpington. 
Orpington, yeah. Orpington, yeah, just up the road. So, oh. um, well, I, I was born in Bromley Hospital. Were you? Um, mm. I was born in Stone Park Hospital in Beckenham. Claim oh, I to know. Fame, uh, John Major was born there as well. Oh, really? Apparently. I remember yeah. seeing your. I remember when I first saw your your saw you you perform, and one of my favourite jokes of yours is when you would tell everybody at school to to call you Emperor. Oh, and, I, I totally yes. And it really made me laugh. And it and I and I imagine was it like that for you at school when you were growing up? <laughs> me being me being imperious. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Um. I well. What did I say? Um. Um, I never fit in at school mainly because I, t- I told all the other children that I was an emperor. That was it, um, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I was quite unusual at school, yeah. I think I was, I think it, you know, I think lots of young people are. I think we're quite, you know, as children we're quite naturally quite creative and quite imaginative in the way we perceive the world and yes. ourselves in it. But then we get it sort of thrashed out of us by the horrible personalities of the other children. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You thought I was going to say the adults there, didn't you? Yeah. No. <laughs> I, I, like I said this uh, the other day, I, I was always, always felt different, but I, I didn't have the courage to to be different. Yeah. I was always, right. You know that that sort of thing. So I was always I was I just kind of went along with every, what everybody else did. And was that the same with you? Well, yeah. I think particularly for me, it was more primary school than secondary school. Like I remember secondary school was sort of fine because it was big enough that you can disappear and you find people that you connect with and. And you you um, you find you're sort of open to sort of pursuing interests, whereas at yes. primary school you're just sort of expected, you're just sort of thrown out into the playground and all expected to get along. And I've always felt like I was much older than everybody else, even though I wasn't, mm. um, and just better. And um, <laughs> and they were horrible, horrible children. I just I remember them being horrible to me. Yeah. So at primary school, that was that sort of like very when I think children are very feral. They're very sort of, you know, they're kind of, mm, it is like, yeah. I mean, it's much more Lord of the Flies, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I found that more difficult, but I think that's unusual. Most people are like, oh, I love primary school. I was just having a lovely time. And uh, I think I just sort of thought about it. I thought, I think I was, as my father would say, too se- oversensitive. Oh, really? Yeah, probably true. Um, <laughs> but, um, but, you know, now, um, now, of course, being oversensitive is actually... Is actually my my uh, my strength. Oh, way. absolutely! I think more people should be more sensitive, if anything. Well, um, yeah, not too much. <laughs> <laughs> we still need, yeah, we still need that manliness occasionally. Yeah, but, well, but well, not, yeah, not, I'm still not looking the... for it in myself. But, <laughs> but your what about so secondary school? Was that a, was it a mixed school? Yeah, comprehensive co- yeah. co-ed. Uh, yeah, in Chislehurst. Where did oh, you go to school, nice. Derek Wood? I went, I actually, well, I was a teacher's assistant at Derrick Wood. Were you now? Yeah, when I was at, when I was at college. Yeah. It's a nice school because I always feel bad for them because they have the worst uniform. They have the brown and yellow uniform. Oh, it was so gross, disgusting. wasn't it gross? Oh, the worst. But maybe <laughs> but it was it, a lovely school. It was a lovely school and the kids oh. were lovely. I mean, oh. I talking, yeah. The, I mean, the kids would be, I was talking about this the other day, they'd be, they'd be nearly 40 now. They were nine when I was there. No. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. That's, that's How mad. How I'm 48. God. Oh, my word. Yeah. <laughs> you forget other people grow up. I know. Isn't it weird? And also, when you have, you watch, like, a film and you go, and I always, you know, I was always like, oh, they're so grown up. And then you go, they're younger than me in that film. Or, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, or I watch Call the Midwife and I go, they're younger than, those midwives are younger than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you see photos of people from the like when they were demobbed. 
yeah. you know, from the Second oh, World yeah. War. And you're like, they were like, like 20. Well, they yeah. look like 40. They look like my age. <laughs> I know. My my dad always loves to make the joke. of You know, whenever you see like a, um, a bit of footage from like the 50s of like... Uh, a house, you know, like like a housewife who from the fifties, yeah. who's probably like really probably about sixty. But my dad always loves to go. No, oh, she was only thirty. She was only twenty five. <laughs> I think everybody looked older. Like men and women always looked older than they were. Like my mum looks younger now than she did then. I think. Oh really? Was, yeah. Well, I think all those perms and stuff were all quite aging. I yes. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's just the era I'm in. I think so. I think so. It's funny, whenever uh, Dad's army's on, I'm with my parents. All younger all... than us now. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they all they always say, oh, Clive Dunn was only 20. <laughs> oh, yes, he was. There. I remember learning that and being absolutely amazed. I was, yeah, gobsmacked. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's younger than Pike. Yeah. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Uh, did you did you did you go to university or anything like that? No, Rich. I was. Uh, I don't know what the word is. A, a philistine, I suppose. I, <laughs> I felt at the end of um, a very arrogant young person. I felt at the end of secondary school that I really wanted to. Um, I really wanted to not be in education anymore. Mm. I, I felt this very strong will to just sort of go out and try and do do work and and um, and be a grown up and sort of pursue my ambitions on my own terms and I didn't I didn't see the point of university um my dad really wanted me to go he didn't go um no my mum didn't go and uh, they weren't they you know weren't given the opportunity at that time um and um and and yet uh, they really my dad especially really wanted me to go but I didn't I don't know I just had this very strong feeling that it wasn't for me yes. one way or another and I don't particularly regret that I think it's um I would have liked to give myself maybe the space to allow myself mm. to live a bit and sort of go and, and and just learn stuff for the sake of it and be a bit <laughs> of a party animal and have fun. Yeah. Just, at 18, I didn't want to do any of those things, really. No, I was the same. I it, Yeah? Yeah, it wasn't... Like, my mum and dad didn't go to uni. My dad went to art college. Oh, that's nice. Because um, I think that's what everybody did, because he was around, you know, late 60s, so oh, okay. everybody was... Everyone was going to art school and being all velvet underground and... Oh right, yeah, yeah. being a Warhol, that sort of thing. So, oh yeah, yeah. So there was that element in my life, but I never. I was the same. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't, mm, and yeah. I didn't have any. There wasn't anyone strong enough around me where that was kind of leading the way. So I didn't really. I was into music, but I didn't know I could make it myself. I was into clothing, but I didn't know. I wasn't. I didn't know about you know, fashion and things like that. So I don't. I kind of just drifted, really. It was odd. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people do that. Like, I think, I sort of wish they said to people when you're, like, 18, like, just mess around until you're 30. Just mess yeah. around, have fun. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, maybe if you want to be a doctor, you should start a bit sooner. But even then, I know people who've retrained as doctors at sort of 25, 26. Hmm. I think, you know, as long as you've got the base education there, that saves a bit of time. But I think yeah. that, you know, we kind of we put people under a lot of pressure. Yes, definitely. I don't know. I don't know. No, I think you're right. I mean, it, I didn't really know what I was doing. Then I was a dad at twenty, so then that became everything. Oh, were you rich? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so wow. then, so then, I was a dad. So I just that was more important than than doing anything else. So I did any job oh. that would, that came along. So it's oh. why I got into comedy late. I didn't realize I could do that. Until yeah, later, sure. Until later on, until later well, on. I I remember studying comedy into, at that point. It was very different. It was a very different place, I think, in that it wasn't really for eccentrics, really. Well, there weren't no. many unusual people there. Um, yeah, you had one or two. Every now and again, you'd have like the um, Julian Clary with the Joan Collins fan club, and 
Well, yes. I mean, know. well, I only got into comedy sort of in 2005. Okay. But before, before that, yeah, there'd been people like me. But when I, 2005, it was very blokey, I thought. Very kind of machismo. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I think it was only... I mean, I'd always grown up loving Victoria Wood. Um, right, yeah. Was, but there was no but there was no way there was anybody like her around. In my experience, of course, I didn't see everybody, but there were people I know. But um, And then I think, well, when Alan Carr came out with his DVD, then I was sort of, like, inspired because I thought, ah. oh, actually, you can be different and you can have a sort of more, uh, a more sort of outsider view of the world. And um, yeah, and be welcomed, and uh, and I thought I thought that was that was a real landmark for me. I thought when that when that came out, but yeah, um, of course, yeah. No, up until that point, I think I remember like being camp was people who were gay were it was more of a caricature in in comedy. Like so, you had Larry Grayson and John Inman, and sure, yeah. So there was they were like kind of overblown versions of of a, of a very camp man it was like oh mate you know that sort of thing and was, yeah. and it wasn't until later on that you know like you say alan carr that kind of for want of a better word like normalized it i went no he's this is a gay man but actually relevant he's a funny man and you know suppose, it wasn't um, a character as such i think um i think sometimes like um, i like larry grace and it often kind of i think often uh Maligned for some for some reason, um, but I was yeah I don't know why I was, I always kind of I always really loved him and um, I mean I don't I only sort of watched him sort of more around in the seventies yeah um, but I I really loved him and I I I don't know sometimes people are quite um, I don't know they talk about representation and stuff and the burden of representation I think actually well he was just being himself you know I don't think he mm. was, I don't think he was putting on a, an act or, no or, but um, or, or sort of. I think he was just, you know, being himself. And yeah, I think but I think, was... I think the, industry, the industry kind of caricatured it. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, look, we've got one of them ones. You know, that it was that yeah, sort maybe. of... Maybe. When I was yeah, a kid, I mean, it seemed to be a bit like that. Yes, maybe maybe people were sort of grouped a bit like that. Yeah, yeah. And there was... I mean, I think there was a bit of that, certainly when I was, like, say, on the circuit still, and that was in the 2000s, mm. um, of that kind of... Um, yeah, sort of having to kind of... Um, it's for want of a better word, sort of. I felt like I had to explain myself a bit, you know. Oh, really? Um, and um, and that sort of was always frustrating to me. But then, you know, you sort of do more and you learn ways to just quickly kind of get people mm. into knowing about you. But uh, yeah, I think you're right about that. It's funny now. You, now you mention it, the being the, the machismo. I think you're right. When I because I started in two thousand and four. Oh yeah. And even then, even then, the middle spot was known as the girl spot. Oh really? Uh, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In green rooms, and then you'd have, and they'd only have one woman on, right? Or one gay guy, or one black yeah, yeah. black person. It was right. very, very. Yeah, I do remember it it's being like that. Kind of, I think there was an assumption that oh yeah, common. You know, like since the eighties, it's all been the alternative. And I think there were definitely places where that alternative comedy existed, but it, the mainstream set circuit was still quite, you know, junglers and all that it was. Quite, mm, yeah, definitely. What the kismo. It was seen as groundbreaking when they started to have like more than one person of uh, of different ethnicity on the bill. You know, like, oh look at us, we're being progressive. You're like, okay, this. Oh, why are we yeah. making a big thing about it? You know. It's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. Um, I think it's happily. I think it's changed so much um, from that. I mean, oh, I think God, comedy's yeah, always been an interesting for 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 them. And I think you know, like, there's always been people who've supported alternative comedy and. And and whether that's like Arthur Smith or you know Eddie Izzard, mm, of course, yeah. like existing and 
in in the in the in the kind of popular space i think you know there's always been that there's always been those reference points of people who are uh alternative joe brand um victoria wood mm, yeah you know those people those people really kind of to me felt like um kind of torchbearers really uh, yes but uh you know it's nice i think that new people are on stage who weren't on stage 15, 20 years ago. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. I think you see it reflected in audiences as well. You know, and I think it makes it nicer for everybody. You know, it's sort of, I just think it's storytelling, isn't it? Yes. Um, and so you just want as many interesting stories as possible, not the same bloke going on about, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, middle-aged bloke, divorced. <laughs> I, I sometimes catch myself when I'm talking about being divorced and I'm like, oh, why am, what am I, I'm joining in now. Oh, <laughs> but, no, no. Have you always been comfortable with your sexuality or was it? No, barely comfortable really? with it now. Um, <laughs> you seem, you seem very at ease, Tom. Um, no, I am really, I'm joking. Um, the, um, I, uh, but no, I think as a teenager, I just wanted it all to go away. Um, and just wanted it all to, um, just, yeah, I just, I, yeah, I just wanted to sort of, bury it or just yeah just not just sort of be uh yeah just sort of in a different world I think that's when I sort of became quite kind of eccentric really I sort of mm. uh, I think because I just wanted to just not have the inconvenience of it if that sounds yeah so do you feel there was a, there was still a stigma attached yeah yeah you know like right. I mean not to like say not to like kind of portray that everything was terrible no um but um, certainly, like people would say, "gay" as a slur when I was at school. Right. Um, yes. Yeah. And um, and that was that. That was sort of the least of it, really. I mean, I think there was like I got beaten up at school once because a bloke thought I looked at him. Oh wow! And, um, and just sort of like I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, I just sort of think um, like there were no role models really, and there were no um, nobody. Well, we didn't. I didn't know any gay people, so there was no kind of like. Well, it's just like you're just like. Graham and Bernard down the road. You know, there was no sort of yeah, like, there was yeah. nobody like that. Um, and uh, it well, yeah, it was a very different. In, in sort of like, you, you know, don't make it a fuss. I suppose don't make a you yeah. Know, well. like it sort of felt like it was making a fuss. And um, and 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 I think it was kind of the the you know the the only role models there might be it would be somebody on like a television drama or maybe Channel Four would show a film that they mm. never had happy lives. <laughs> no, like they always, one way or another, they always died. So, yeah, um, it was um, always they always made it. A, it was a it was a thing that they were gay. Yeah, Not, it, yeah, it was a big yeah. job. It wasn't like oh, and then this character, oh, they live with their partner. It's not. Oh, yeah. It wasn't as incidental. <laughs> and um, that was it, yeah. And I think that's that's a huge change now. It's really brilliant. But um, back then, it wasn't. You know, it was it was a thing, and, and people didn't understand. People didn't know, and people were you know still coming to terms with HIV AIDS, you know, that was sort of, you know, mm. like, that was still, that was still happening. The, the, um, and it still, it still is happening now, but um, it was still new really to people and they were still coming to terms with it. Um, so it was different. So, uh, you know, I, for numerous reasons, but yeah, I, I think um, it just meant that I somehow got uh, a feeling and that, uh, that uh, I should, <clears throat> that'd be easier if I just sort of, kept it on the down low but of course I kept it on the down low but in reality I didn't at all like you can't you, you know I did I, in my young teenage way I had no concept that liking Noel Coward and um buying all of Elton John's albums was going to be a clue to 
anything else about myself. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Made by DarkHorseDigital.co.uk Shooting, live streaming and podcast production Hello, uh, yeah, Rich seems to have fallen offline Oh, no problem, uh. no problem Here you go Hello he's, he's back Oh, there he is Hello, sorry It's alright Technology Yeah, no there problem we There we are, sorry Tom, that was right in the middle of it as well is that Jade oh, yeah, in the background? Yeah, it's Jade in the background. Yeah, she's really upset. Hello, love. She he says hello. Hi, Tom. And I'm listening to you on <laughs> headphones, so she's upset. She can't listen in. Get back into that trap. <laughs> um, I remember my the first gay person I ever met was a guy called Stan Darcy, and he used to drive the ambulances that used to take old people to a tea to a like a. Uh, an old people's um, oh, meeting lovely. place in the daytime, yeah. And I used to assist him on the ambulances. And then I remember just, I, did, I can't remember, I had some trouble with a girl and I just went, I'm going to ring Stan. And, I, and he went, yeah, come round. Uh. I, just, <laughs> I remember just sitting with Stan and he was giving me all this advice. Oh, did he? What did he say? Yeah, probably a lovely Stan. man. Uh, it, oh, he's probably, he's probably gone by now, I'm afraid. He wasn't a young, he wasn't a, a young. He wasn't a young guy, no, he was an older chap. He must have been in his 70s then. So, mm. yeah, but he was a lovely Stan Darcy, whose name was. Yeah. Stan Darcy, what a great name. <laughs> and I'd never, I'd never experienced, I'd, I'd never met someone who was gay before. You'd, ne- so. you'd never slept with a gay man before. I'd never slept with one before. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was funny. He was never, he was never, he was never flirty or anything like that. But he, now and again, he'd go, well, you know, you know, just if you ever, if you ever, you know, <laughs> want to experience anything, you know. But he wasn't rude. He was it was all very charming and lovely. Oh, but I went to an all-boys school, and they were, looking back now, I know there were a couple of guys that were gay, but they weren't. What? They, they, <laughs> they just, 
because they were they would because they would just get they would just get hounded by everybody. Oh. It wasn't oh. very nice, Tom. I've got to be honest. You know, when was that? What year was that? What sort of year? That would have been that would have been eighty eighty three to eighty eight. Oh, God, yeah. So it was just, and I, I've seen one of them since, Paul, and he's dead. Yeah. They, but I've, I've seen them since, and they're both gay. And they must have been, they, they must have been hell on earth for them at school. Oh, yeah, it must have been terrible. Must have yeah. Been terrible. Well, I hope that they are, I hope they are happier now. They seem very happy now. One of them was on the television. On oh, a, it's not yeah. like it's not like my people to be performers. <laughs> <laughs> it was like on a, it was like on a wife swap thing. No. Well, and they what swap a swap. partners. What a yeah. swap. <laughs> I've got a it was on. It was on. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> it was. It was they like swap that. Partners. Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah. yeah, but I think it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, lovely. But oh, yeah, oh, so, oh, that, so that was. Yeah. I. I mean, I was. I was. I said this yesterday. I was talking to a Romish yesterday, um, and we were talking about the people I grew up with. When I see them now, they're on Facebook and they're all sharing like right-wing, racist, oh, homophobic yeah, oh, stuff. Yeah. And oh. I grew up with these people, but I'm not like that. And I think it comes down to music. Do you, I was going to say, well, how come you ended up being being different? Did you? I think, what was I think your, it's because of music. music yeah. yeah, so what music did you listen to? The, the, I, was listening, the, I was listening to Bronsky Beat and all manner of soul music. and because oh, um, such a mod. Yeah, well, all sorts, really. You know, Little Richard, and and oh, so, right. so I was I I was surrounded by these flamboyant, you know, out out there, different people. Yes, there's always been these kind of eccentric characters, hasn't there? That's, I mean, it's it's interesting. I always think that like flamboyance uh, is um, is 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 kind of is always it's always been around. You know, like there's nothing mm. new about it. You know, there's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> there's always been these 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 kind of wonderful people who, um, you know, who who just who are kind of out there. Yeah. Uh, and they've always been celebrated, really. If you think about it, but yet there's sometimes this resistance as well. I don't know. I know what you mean. And like like I say, little Richard, when I look at videos of him, oh yeah, and old interviews with him, and you're like, wow. Not only was he a black guy. You know, he was up. He was up against that in this industry, and also one of the most flamboyant guys out there, wearing makeup and oh, just, yeah. just being this huge personality. Oh yeah, he must have gone through some amazing struggles to get where he was. I wonder. Yeah, showbiz. Showbiz has always been the space, though, hasn't it? The it has. Space. Yes, the place to be something that you want to dream of being. Have you ever read? Do you like John Waters? Yes. Do you, have you ever read? I'm looking at my bookshelf. I'm trying to find the book. His book called Role Models. No, is it good? Yeah, I think you'd like it. Oh, I might check that out. Yeah, kind of eccentrics that he grew up loving. It's very, uh, it's it's a really brilliant kind of version of a biography for him. Mm. Um, I think he's fascinating. He is fascinating, and I mean, he lives in. Um, is he, who are his ones? Little Richard. There you one go. Of his, I knew it was. I knew there was a little <laughs> Um And he says that, um, yeah, Little Richard scared my grandmother in 1957. That's how it starts the chapter. Oh, yeah, you'd like Brilliant. that. Brilliant. Um, it, it's, it's very sort of, it's just his, he's, he's just such a great guy. He lived in Baltimore, grew up in Baltimore, so which I think is kind of suburban, you know, kind of yes. America. So it's not. Um, it's, it's not, it's, it's not, a, you know, a particularly extravagant place. No, it's just outside. Is it just outside Washington? Is that right? Something I like that. I think so. Yeah. yeah, I think so. 
and, and yet found the kind of exquisite in the everyday. And I love that. I love anybody who does that, finds the, and I think, you know, in, in the lockdown, everybody's like, oh, appreciate the trees and stuff. But I think, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's lots of great creatives who just sort of are able to kind of pick up, you know, pick up the details of everyday life and turn them into yes. really kind of yes. cherished things. And I love that. I love that. In people. Well, we've got some artwork, which is, it's just a, it's just a, um, a graphic drawing of just a, a, a 1960s terraced house. And it just looks brilliant, but it's just a 1960s mm. terraced well, house. But so I love that, you know. Well, I think as well, like it's it, very quickly things that are in design, I've noticed things that are kind of seen as quite, quite sort of naff, kind of quite mundane or quite sort of like old hat. Mm. Um, suddenly, you know, people go, oh, actually, they're quite they're quite beautiful in their way. I didn't realise they were quite beautiful. And actually, if you celebrate them um, and and polish them up, they look wonderful. They're like, yeah. I've noticed, um, I sometimes look at that website called The Modern House. It's an oh, estate right. agent's website, basically. But they have kind of, their their thing is it's it's a property that is with a architectural bent um, or something. <laughs> you know, it's all kind of like places that have an architectural interest somehow in them. And and they have, I've noticed they have, they have sort of suburban 70s houses coming on there now. Wow. Because, of course, like houses in Bromley and things, you know, they're a lot more spacious and have yeah. bigger windows. And yeah. they're built with people in mind. Whereas a lot of things built in the last 20 years, I don't, you know, they have quite small windows quite a lot of the time. Well, it's, it's, um, like, they're, it's like they're turning us into worker bees. Like they're making apartments yes. smaller, like almost like pods. Because yeah. you're 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 hardly ever there because they, they, you're at work. You're going to work. You were, yeah, we, we, yeah. <laughs> up until this. But they're making like making motorways wider and and train lines faster. And it isn't so that you can get to grandma's quicker. It just seems to be that you so you can get to work quicker to create Ooh. more honey for the queens and the kings. Yes, Ooh, that's quite. That's rich. quite. <laughs> it that's seems. It's quite a desolate profound, way of looking at it. Profound. <laughs> so, but whereas before, like you say, your house was your home; it was your castle, and so it was seen mm. as being more important. So, yeah, you know. But John Waters, I remember seeing him in Edinburgh a couple of years ago. <gasps> Did you? And was I, he yeah, he was in the courtyard at a pleasance. I don't know what he was. I think he was doing a show, maybe. Oh my goodness! I'm and I'm well. This is it. I'm being mobbed. No, actually, he was just stood talking to some people, and I'm really gutted I didn't go over and, and just say hello and thank you. Yeah, oh, my goodness, you know. he's so great. I went he's to amazing. a speech at the Festival Hall, and he was really brilliant. Oh, um, really? I bet he was great. Yeah, about, that was about the book, actually, I think. It was his book tour. But he was so funny, and but, like, at once funny and profound and interesting. I think that's such a... It's quite an American... Uh, sort of thing. I think if you look at like David Sedaris, that kind of yes. sense of like somebody tells a story and it's funny, but also it offers something profound, something sincere and something poetic. And I think Alan Bennett, I suppose, is our yeah who does that here. Um, but I, I've always been fascinated by those characters, and I've said this before on other on other episodes where I love those characters, but I didn't tell anybody because I didn't want to be right. picked. I didn't want to be picked yeah. on and bullied. I so I just kept it quiet. That's yeah. why they're so important to us, isn't it? Because they are the, the, the quiet, like we say, torchbearers or the, the people who kind of like the little fires in the darkness, aren't they? And we just, yeah, yeah. We sort of, I remember going to Bromley Central Library all the time and, and looking up books about Noel Coward. And, oh, amazing. Um, and, and just sort of, yeah, spending ages going through it. I mean, a library is such a wonderful place. Yes. Um, and Bromley Central Library is great. And you could take out um, 
you could take out CDs and wow. tapes. And um, <laughs> I would love to take out... It's such a trusting thing, isn't it? It kind of feels... I'm sure it must feel to a younger generation, like absolutely like from another another world. The idea of just like you borrow a book or a CD or whatever you want um, and you can either sit there and read it, but you can take it home and they just trust you to bring it back in three weeks' time. Yeah, I and they know. Don't, they don't, you know what I mean? Like they don't... They, now I think they'd be like, what? No, I've never seen that again. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. There's something wonderful about that, isn't there? Like probably Central Library and there'd be the reference library where you could go and read the papers. That's my it, friend, yeah. My friend Joe and I would go in there and do our exam practice. Wow. Um, yeah. But, um, <laughs> and, and sometimes I'd take out the CD of Sunday in the Park with George and uh, and I'd love it so much. Yeah, which yeah. is great, great. And just a great place to be, like whoever you want to be, um, through the things you pursue. And you can go and look up knitting if you want, or you can go and look up, <laughs> you know, pictures yeah. of houses or I suppose you know it's so weird now that was the other thing I think not to be so nostalgic but what's so wonderful now if you're if you have an interest which is unusual you can immediately look you can indulge yourself to such to such an extent where you can connect with all of their work if you like someone yes you can get with all of their work everything about them you can get with other people who like them find out what they've got to say about them so that you know like just sort of there's so much connection whereas Back then it was like you got a book out about them and yeah. you hoped that was a good book about them and you might find a book that they'd written, but you might not. Um, and, and, that, and that was that was it, you know. It's, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I remember watching my first uh, experience of Noel Coward was the Italian job. Oh, of course. You know, that, yeah. was, that was always on the television at various points when I was a kid. And, oh, yeah. But I remember, as well as, as, well as loving the, you know, the usual the cars and all the bits and bobs, that... I really liked Noel Coward's bits in it. Oh, did you? Mr. Yeah. It was Mr. Bridger. And I thought, who is this guy? And I remembered, and then my nan had a, I think she had a tape or something like that. And it and it oh. had his stuff. I listened to it quietly so nobody knew. And uh, What's he doing? <laughs> but brilliant. I, I just loved his, I just loved his way. I just loved, his use yeah. of language was fantastic. And I'd never heard anyone speak like that, but in a funny way. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny, isn't it? I think, um... We connect with eccentrics, don't we? Like, like we say, I think we sort of. And as, as a kid, I remember being similar to that, kind of gravitating towards people who were on television who seemed unusual. And I'd go, I like them. Yeah, and I don't know why. A lot of the time, I didn't know why. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's like, well, going back to Larry Grayson, I just thought he was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And he had his, with his glasses on his on his little strings, and you know, I'd never oh, seen yeah. I'd never seen that before. It was just like, oh, he's right. lovely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had we had Liberace yeah. as well when I was a kid, and Liberace was oh. just going, "Wow, what what is happening here?" And wow, he didn't give, yeah. and he didn't give a shit, did he? No, I mean that whole thing was extraordinary, wasn't it? Yes, um, yeah. It was such an extraordinary, yeah, insight into his world. I mean, yeah. and he's in a film called The Loved One, which okay. was written, I think, by I want to say Evelyn War. Um, I'm going to look that up as I'm saying that to you. Um, <laughs> and he plays, uh, an, uh, he, they, basically it's about a, an English uh, writer who lives in Hollywood who dies and then all the other English writers who happen to be out there um, have to organise his funeral, but it's basically a takedown of, like, death in America and how, <laughs> like, particularly wow. in Hollywood, how camp it is. But yeah. Um, and uh, even in war, I was correct. Aren't I wonderful? And uh, Liberace plays plays the coffin salesman that they have to go and see. And he, I think he only has like a couple of lines, but he just stands there and he goes, oh yes, all our caskets are waterproof. 
And um, I don't know why. <laughs> just, just, the way he's funny. just the way he says it with such kind of... You just can't help being Liberace. He can't help... Yeah, exactly. Being this big character. Just sort of... Just sort of loitering around the back of these coffins he's selling. It's actually... I should watch that again. I haven't seen it for ages. It's a really funny film. I it's love that. Kind of sad, but, yeah. I'll have a look. Yeah. I'll have a look. I love those characters. Love like, like when I... Uh, when I saw Philip Seymour Hoffman portraying Truman oh. Capote, you know, yeah, that's, that's a great film. I had oh, no yeah. idea that he was like that. That was what Truman was like. You're like, holy shit! Wow. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, man. What I mean, what a you know, and that that whole bit where he's like, he can't go to the execution. He can't. Oh yeah. Can't you think yeah. he's going to? Uh, yeah, that's a great film. There's another one though, isn't there? That's brought out at the same time. That's apparently as good, if not better. Oh really? And they made. There was like at the same time, they, two people made films about Jim Capote. Oh no, I've only seen the one. Oh well, I've got time now. Yeah, <laughs> but then you say that, Rich. Have you though? Because I find <laughs> I haven't got time. I think, oh, I've got time. I'm going to watch every film I haven't seen. I'm finally going to watch all those Star Wars films I'm supposed to have watched. <laughs> You've never seen Star Wars? Never seen Star Wars. Like the programme, oh, yeah. never seen it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I think, just, I, yeah, I don't think, I think you won't, it won't, you won't connect with it now. Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon I like. I really? That well, that's, that's, that is <laughs> the camp, that's Camp Star Wars, isn't it? Very and, much so, very much so. What, I loved that film so much as a child. Oh, it's incredible. And, and I had no idea why that was kind of, again, a telltale sign. <laughs> well, we we loved it as well. We went to cinema to see that. Did you? And, uh, wow. Yeah, yeah. We were. So I would have been. I would have been eight. He only recently um, passed. Uh, Max, Max von Sydow. Yeah, last yeah. week, week before. Last yeah. Week. I, I mean, yeah. What a nice. Yeah, I mean, sad. But the thing is, though, Rich, you must never watch that film in high def because. Oh no! Like a lot of those. Like if you, I watched um. Uh, Death, uh, Murder, Murder Under the Sun, I think it is the Agatha Christie one with Peter Ustinov. Oh yeah, and Maggie Smith, and um, it's it's they, you basically you can hear the set because of course he's just walking around <laughs> on like blocks of MDF, and um, you can hear it. And you go, that's not a set. <laughs> oh no. And then no. suddenly with um, Flash Gordon, you go. Oh, that's just a piece of crappy wood covered in foil. It's not... <laughs> oh, it's not... no. It's with not... The, um, with yeah. the tree stump where he puts his hand in, you'll just see that it's... Oh, uh... yeah, it's crappy papier-mâché. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's rubbish, but then, yeah. But then you make it why I think it adds to it. it adds, I love that kitsch element to oh, it. Oh, yeah. It's and ridiculous. the Queen soundtrack. I mean, again, all the yeah. signs are there. And that's, I'm drawn to it, drawn, like a magpie drawn to something shiny. Drawn, drawn yes. to it, um, just because it was, it, it was just so, it was so camp. But I didn't know it at the time. I was like six. <laughs> well, all that I remember that that yeah we had so Flash Gordon. I remember Rocky Horror Picture Show was on a lot in my house. Oh yeah, well, I, think, that... I think once we got a video player and it got recorded, my mum and dad had that on all the time. People you wouldn't expect really like that film. I think, yeah. again, it sort of provided a, an outlet for a lot of people. I think so. Of, which they didn't, they didn't realise. And it and became a... When they, when they used to play it at a certain cinema in... It might have been Notting Hill or somewhere, and <clears throat> people used to go dress as the characters and yeah, act, all and act it out. And, yeah, it was huge. <laughs> and mum and dad... My mum and dad are quite... My mum and dad are quite straight-laced. They just absolutely adored that film. Well, yeah. Yeah. There you they go, were, though. That's it. In Bromley. People are like, but then we gave birth to David Bowie. Absolutely. I mean, so I see, Bill, I know, you know, sorry, Billy Idol. And Billy Idol. 
people, the thing about David Bowie is everyone's like, oh, well, he was born in Brixton. It's like, he was born there, but then they left. Yes. And um, that's what the, Britain's got the mural because Britain's all trendy. And that's where everyone went to lay the flowers. But actually, bullshit. Like, he was, was from Boring Bromley. And the boredom was what generated David Bowie. Yes. And um, they did Bromley, in typical Bromley style. Like, they, some, like, I think where he did his first gig was in Beckenham High Street. and um, Really? They, yeah, like, it's the Three Tons or something in Beckenham. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. now it's a Zizzy's. Uh, and someone, so I think one person put a flower outside and they took it down. So, um, and then they put a, zig, zig, a ziggy zigzag on the pavement. And all I saw in the local rag was, oh, a lot of people complain. I mean, what if, you, what if the elderly get confused by it? They might fall over. Like, oh, like, God. Like, I mean, but that's what, that is, that, that is the breeding ground for a personality for, like David Bowie, isn't it? Oh, God, yeah. Um, I remember I used to work in a bar called The Lazy Toad in Beckingham. That was my oh, first bar job. Next, it was on the bridge. Um, uh, yeah. La- uh, Langtrees was downstairs. Langtrees. Lily Langtrees <laughs> named after Edward VII's mistress. Was he really? Uh, yeah, now renamed as the Bridge Bar. That little bit of romance uh, um, has been lost. <laughs> oh, I still love the Lazy Toad. Well, yeah, I don't know about the Lazy Toad. That, that, that might be there. There are some bars on that bridge. Yes, it was one of the... It was, it, it, well, yeah, it's, the, it's what's now known as the Bridge Bar. That oh, was okay. the, that was the lazy toad. But we used to go to Langtrees when I was a teenager, oh, and that's right. and so downstairs was all dance stuff, and upstairs was all the Happy Mondays and the indie stuff. So oh, you'd that's interesting. There's something the for everybody. Two. Yeah, it was lovely. Oh yeah, see, I don't remember it being like that. I always remember it being quite frightening. I was always terrified. Oh really? Terrified of other people, Rich. I think I still am, to be honest. I mean, and then when I was doing stand up, I was basically performing to them. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I started out, and I was still terrified of them. But you didn't so, feel like you had sort of dominion over them now you were in front of them and you know you they were the captive audience sort of thing i don't know i don't know i was probably just trying to humiliate myself more I don't know. <laughs> but do you find are you quite you know are you quite a shy person really um or, i'm not you know, i don't know about shy but i'm i think i've been at my most content when i've been doing the most mundane things a bit like you're yes. saying doing a bit of cleaning i think the idea of one day I'll have my own place, and uh, I love the idea of just keeping it clean and um, and and just sort of having quite a pared down existence. I like that, and then actually I'm more creative when I'm like that. I feel more sort of at ease with myself. So I, I suppose I'm not. I don't. My oldest friends are the people I, I just sort of am around. I don't feel the need to be like big around. You know what I mean? I don't no. feel the need to be kind of exuberant around them. I don't feel the need to like perform. No. Anything. I just sort of am. Um, I remember watching a documentary recently about Bob Monkhouse and they were saying like, you know, when Bob came off, and I'm not comparing myself to the great Bob Monkhouse, <laughs> but um, I thought it was an interesting thing about stand-ups and performers, but the, the person talking was like, thing is, when Bob came off stage, it was very different. Uh, in the interval of his show, he'd come off and he'd be quite worried, quite concerned, quite quiet. He'd go to his dressing room, just sit quietly, and then... After the interval, he'd go back on stage and be Bob again. Be Bob again. Yeah. And, go, and I'm like, no. Like, he was just performing. Like, what do you, like, what do you yeah. expect him to come off stage be sat in his, in his dressing room being like, no, no, no. I'll take my, you know. Oh, into a... <laughs> yeah. When I was at school, I remember. It was such a sort of strange kind of version. Like, but of course he was, you know, he was just bigger on stage just, yeah. because he was on stage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the amount of times I've heard that, they go, oh you're, oh, you're not like you were yesterday. And they go, yeah, well, 
I was oh, not, like, don't seem very funny. Don't seem very funny. <laughs> those people, and there's people who are sort of funny all the time. We go, oh, shut up. Yeah, I'll minute. Go, have a day off, mate. Have yeah. a day off. Maybe I'm mean. Maybe I'm unkind. I don't know. I don't no, know. not at all. But you passed your driving test as well, finally. Yeah. Oh, well, a few years ago. But I'm a bit out of practice. Again, I'm just scared of other people. I get their aggression and I don't like it. I get it. I take it. I'm oversensitive. I'm oversensitive. Oh, yeah, yeah. Back to that. Yeah, of course. Mm. Yeah. You've got to rise above it, Tom. I know people are so mean to me and I, I get, I just want to pull over and cry. <laughs> and I make mistakes well, and then well, people get annoyed <laughs> and everyone's so unsympathetic. Oh, terrible. What, you mean they, they're mean to you when you're driving? Yeah, they're so mean, Rich. I get one thing wrong. <laughs> or you're not going fast enough. Like, I'm going at the speed limit, 27 miles an hour in a 30. It's completely fine. <laughs> people, I don't know what it is about people being put behind the wheel of a car, but they do turn into absolute animals. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah there's an aggression. I don't know if it's the energy of the machine that's ramping them up. All the it's, different, but it's, maybe it's, it's so know. much better yeah. than walking. You know, oh, if you had to walk to the shops, <laughs> it would take you hours, and you'd have to carry everything back. Yes, I love to drive. I do love driving. I, 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 I do I like it. it when I'm on the motorway. I like it. You know, when yes. I'm on my way, I love that. Um, but I'm very, I'm always diligent about the speed limit, and I, I know that's boring. Um, but, <laughs> oh, yeah. And there is something, there is something odd about someone who obeys the speed limit to the to the absolute number. It's uh, it's an odd one when you're driving. But when I you think ask, I'll get when caught you caught, and then I'll get. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I don't remember the last time I had a clean license. Oh really? Oh, does everybody get points and things? Everyone's got. Everyone's to... got two or three, or three or Have three they? or six. Yeah. Oh, okay. but I, 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 had a, I had a clean license for a bit, and that's because I didn't have a car. <laughs> <laughs> and then as soon as I got a car again, oh, four points on it again. Ugh. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, most oh, okay. people do fling themselves around too fast. Yeah. I just, I think it gets in my head and then I think, oh, that's when I make more mistakes because I'm like, oh, everybody's annoyed, I'm sorry. <laughs> just ignore it, block, block them out, put your music on, Tom, and just block them out, mate. Do you think, yeah. Yeah, no, nobody's judging you. They're not, they're not, they're not going, that bloody Tom Allen, there's that bloody Tom Allen. I'm going to, oh. oh, look at him getting in the way. No one knows it's you, mate. Just ignore it. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rise above, mate. You're better. You're does. It doesn't matter. You're better than that, Tom. Should I? I feel like I should have like a sign in the back window that's like, "Sorry." sorry. <laughs> you can get. You can get um, LED signs that you can type. Well, not while you're driving, but it, you can get your passenger to to type into it messages to the people behind. Oh, really? Well, yeah. Like, just go say, fuck yourself. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. Calm down. <laughs> Calm down, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but how are, you, how are you coping with the lockdown, Tom? Are you are you all right? I'm okay. I'm yeah. okay with it, actually. Um, I do have, I don't know if anybody else has this, but I have waves of being content and then being very anxious and worried. And Oh, God, yeah, yeah. They, know, I think everybody, there's a couple of friends yesterday were, I was kind of trying to talk them down from a from a uh, shit day. Oh, right. Um, yeah, Jade and I, we had a massive row on Sunday. Oh, it's just, it, you're bound yeah. to, you, you're cooped up together so, and... It? Yeah, yeah, we've all we've all lost what we've lost the one thing that we were all doing. Yeah, um, like so, so it's all you know yeah. people are losing people are losing jobs and money's tight yeah. and mm. yeah, you're you're allowed to have the day those days where you're just like fuck this, you know. Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting, happen. and there's little um, insecurities creep in, and you know all those little voices kind of come in sometimes. Well, of course, yeah. So that's a bit but you with your you're with your parents, is that right? Yes. Yeah, which oh, I, you know, nice. I've been living that's with them for nice. a long time. But um, it is it is actually very nice. I'm very lucky. Um, 
and it's nice to be making sure they're okay. I was playing with some friends and I was actually sort of thinking, I hope mum and dad are all right. And then, you know, of course you see them and they're like, we're fine, shut up. That's <laughs> <laughs> like my mum and dad. My dad's mum put a message up on Facebook the other day going, oh, we've dad's gone to hospital. And I'm like, why, oh, why, Jesus. why? What's oh. going on? And he went, oh, he was doing some gardening and he's got his finger septic. I'm like, oh, gosh. Was he where right? are, you, are you? Yeah, he's fine. But you're like, dad, are you, mum, don't put that on Facebook. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah, he's like, you know, you got me. My dad's 74. I don't need that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that oh, yeah. Worry. But, yeah, they're, oh. they're fine. But, yeah, they're, they're fine. You know, that, I think everybody, we all need to just be there for everybody and understand that we're all going to have high days and low days. And yeah. not everybody's being productive and we're not having every, no one's, no one's writing their novels just yet. Yeah, it takes a you bit know, of we'll, time. We'll get to, we'll, we'll get to it. it. Yeah, yeah. That's true. We'll, we'll get to that. That's true. I mean, it's sort of, yeah, we're at the time of recording this. What are we sort of two weeks in now, basically? Well, yeah, we've been three weeks now and it's, we're, 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 yeah, we're doing, like doing things like this. It helps. Yeah. Yeah. You feel like you've done something, which is nice. And, and people have, people, go on, go on, Tom. People are what? Yeah. People are what? (laughs) People are pleased that people are, people are pleased that we're, that we're still doing the, the podcast. So, Thank you. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, oh, that's nice. It's just good, isn't it, to keep have a bit of a routine if you can, do a bit of exercise. If you Absolutely, can. yeah, yeah. You know, that kind of stuff I think makes a difference. But it's hard. It's definitely hard to do. And I find like, you know, working out on my own isn't exactly the best fun. No. So, um, but you know, try and sort of find even if you do twenty minutes a day, anything you do is fine. Absolutely, anything you do that was different to yesterday. And I think if you can, if you can go out for a quick walk. Go and do that if you can, you know. If you're yeah. not, just yeah, just, just make the most walk. of your of that your your one allocated uh, walk a day. Go out in the evening. I, there's not many people around. Yes, I like the evenings because that's when people have their lamps on, and that means I can um, look in their houses. <laughs> Tom, this has been lovely. Thank you so much. Oh, well, um, I am very glad to, to chat to you, Rich. Um, it's lovely to catch up with you. And you. It's been lovely. Absolutely lovely. And um, thank you for having me on your lovely show. No, thank you for taking the time, Tom. Um, I'm glad we can make it work. And, um, uh, well, anything else you need, just let me know. But otherwise, um, I'll, I'll hang up now. I'll hang up. Is that how it works? Wonderful. I think so. I think producer do I, Paul I just press, do I, Paul, do I just press X? Do I just, is that all I need to do? That's all you need to do. All right, great. great. Wonderful. All right. Thank all you, right, Tom. All right, you guys. Have a great day. Bye, Tom. Oh, bye. Bye. Insane in the membrane. I'm Amy. I'm Louise. Join us for your next episode. And today, uh, personally, I'm completely overexcited to be in the home of Arabella Weir. My mother, on her deathbed, literally goes, have you any idea how fattening mayonnaise is? (laughs) And I went, Mum, you're dying. And she went, yes, but you're eating mayonnaise. (laughs) And I went, well, we both know which you think is worse. We're at the news building, home of the Times and the Sunday Times, to interview Lorraine Candy. She just looked at me, my eldest, and said, what would you know about fashion? Oh, my God. It's literally my job. For the last 30 years. Oh, wow. (laughs) Join us for your next episode. Buy your favourite podcast app. Thank you for contributing to the conversation as well, because your podcast is is great, and I listen to it on the way to work. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Made by DarkHorseDigital.co.uk. Shooting, live streaming, and podcast production.